It is Thursday, the 15th, I think. Yep, 15th of July, 2021. Uh, Allow me to talk about the weather around here. By the time you hear this, it will be at least July 15th, and it has rained literally each day this month and is the coldest July we've had in 20 years. Normally, I'm not one to complain about the weather, but... The weather outside is weather. Really just an excuse to play that clip, because it still makes me laugh. Um, But, I mean, it's getting fucking ridiculous, no? I wish I had more to say on the matter. But really, what the fuck can you do? Uh, You know, I could sit here and scream about climate change or global warming or whatever fuck term is currently being used and talk about how the weather is is horribly fucked up everywhere, but what good would it do? For starters, I have four listeners, so there's that. On top of that, what do I or literally anyone else who isn't a meteorologist or an environmental scientist really know about the whole thing? Precious little. But it's not going to stop those that that know so little from pretending that they know so much. It's uh, it's a tad annoying. So, listen, just deal with it. Go about your day. Ignore the weather. You know, don't don't hold a golf club in the air in the middle of a thunderstorm, and you'll be fine. All that and more on episode eighty-two, the Vincent Brisby episode. Ah, Vincent Brisby, wide out from the University of Louisiana Monroe. Second round draft pick. 1993 draft. That's a big one. Patriots history. Uh, Bill Parcells nailed that one. Bledsoe obviously went number one. He had three second round picks. I didn't really dig into how he got them, but, you know, I don't know if he got them or if uh, the previous regime got them. No clue. But he went Chris Slade, Todd Rucci, and then Brisby. Chris Slade was an absolute monster. Monster. Wasn't like a great player, but he was a good Patriot for about, you know, eight or nine years or so. Same with Todd Rucci. He was a starter for seven seasons. So, you know, that's what a second-round pick should do. Should start at a weird position for seven years. He was like a right guard or some shit. Um, I, I remember going to training camp in Smithfield, Rhode Island and seeing Chris Slade for the first time and being like, that man has not an ounce of fat in his body. He had neck muscles the size of my head. It was absurd. He was fucking huge. Him and Vincent Brown. Remember that fucking guy? Man, that dude was huge. Um, granted, Parcells missed out on Michael Strahan, Will Shields, John Lynch, all of whom are in the Hall of Fame. Shields and Lynch went in the third and fourth round, uh, second and third round, sorry, respectively. So maybe Parcells didn't nail it, per se. He did okay. He did well. Everything after those uh, guys, uh, not so much. I've never been the biggest Parcells guy. Still bitter about the way that he left the Patriots and Then he went and did nothing with the Cowboys either. So, you know, man, what can you do? Vincent Brisby, though. 
I made a wager during Super Bowl 31, 1996. Did he catch a touchdown pass in the game? Pretty shrewd move on my part, considering he missed almost the entire season and all of the all of the playoffs. I wish I could remember the number that I got on that, but it was it was you know excellent value. Sure, I lost, but excellent nonetheless. Unlike this podcast. So that's right here, right now, on complaints and observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Thank you, as always, Ken. Greatly appreciated. Uh, so, how are we doing? good yeah that's uh that's terrific uh i'm very much looking forward to this particular episode mainly because the uh the not an episode that i did earlier in the week was absolutely ghastly it was bad if you listened thanks if you didn't i don't blame you the content was not you know uh everyone's cup of tea but again i don't give a fuck it's my show the hell i don't give a shit you don't like it find another show right but a handful of things to talk about not a ton a handful one of the things that i wanted to talk about right from the jump something that i've brought up on the show in the past and something that i'm oddly I don't want to say fascinated, that's the that's the wrong word, because I wouldn't call it a fascination, I'd call it an interest. That when I see a story about the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma, I have to read it, because I want to know what the fuck these shysters are up to. And uh, sure enough, last week, uh, they settled with the federal government, well, not so much the federal government, but a variety of states that had sued them for negligence, more or less. Um, and they settled. And so Sackler is going to pay $4.3 billion to 15 states, Massachusetts included. And honestly, they got off light. The whole fucking story is, um, it's infuriating. Because these people know knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. Maybe not initially. Here, here's where I'm willing to give them a little bit of slack, okay? That when they started producing oxys, you know, they knew it was an opioid. They knew that it had sort of um, 
you know, the potential to cause problems, if you will, is probably the nicest way to put it. But, you know, addictive properties. So, you know, maybe they didn't think it would, it would turn out to be such a problem. Maybe. And it's a big maybe. But everything that they did, everything that the family did post, let's say, like, you know, mid-aughts. So, like, 2005, 2006, when, when shit really started to hit the fan, when people started finally getting to the point of saying, uh, these people in this company have caused quite a few problems. So for it to end up here and for them to get off as light as they did is, <clears throat> it's infuriating. The family moved their money overseas from 2008 until about 2017. So I say family, it's the Sacklers, it's a bunch of other individual, you know, higher ups within Purdue Pharma that took their money, moved it to different assets, different bank accounts, you know, a lot of, lot of shit overseas to the tune of roughly $10 billion. And by the time the feds and the various states got around to making good on a bevy of threats, which was roughly October 2020, um, they came to an agreement, an $8 billion settlement. But Purdue Pharma filed for bankruptcy in 2019, so they didn't even have $8 billion, quote-unquote. They didn't have it. When they filed, <clears throat> they did so because they were being sued left and right uh, from a variety of states, a variety of you know different lawsuits that had managed to get through for you know any number of reasons. There were a lot of them, so it's not as if you can point out well, this is the one, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. This is why they filed. No, it was a, it was, it was a bunch of them. Basically it's it. That's the technical term bunch. The legal term is a bunch of them, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> individual family members and board members were being sued. So when the company filed for Chapter 11, this is something that I didn't know was, was possible, and I could even really be wrong about this, but this is from the variety of things that I read. This is the gist that I'm getting. They filed with a particular bankruptcy judge in White Plains, New York, who had a habit of um, you know, shielding certain folks from um, liabilities, if you will. He essentially, he loved absurdly rich people and he granted their request to be protected under the company's filing. From there, their, their, uh, attorneys crafted a nifty quote, global proposal end quote of, uh, 4.3 or 4.5 billion to all the States that filed suit. But here's the fucking, but this is the key to the story. That but is with no admission of wrongdoing by the family and permanent immunity from any future civil liability related to opioids and the opioid crisis. 
I mean, what the fuck are we doing here? Not only that, but it's going to be paid. This money's going to be paid across nine years. Okay? This is the part of the story, again, that just... It really fries my balls. According to the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, whose chairwoman, um, a representative whose name... I, I had written down, but don't know what I did with it. So, sorry, chairwoman. Uh, she had actually filed a, a, a bill to tr- try to close the very loophole that this family had exploited. And, and reported that the family's uh, fortune was worth over $11 billion. Basically, they're going to keep most of their assets locked up over the course of that nine years, all right? And then, essentially, watch them all increase in value. So cash, obviously, is going to be just put in a bank or in a trust or wherever. Uh, Real estate, securities, hedge funds, other drug companies. They could theoretically end up richer by the end of that nine years, even after paying out that $4.3, $4.5 billion settlement. If there's ever been a single case that should be clear as day to anyone and everyone that the rich can literally do no wrong in this country, I don't know what it is. Yet there are so many fucking people who just, you know, it's, it's the same fucking argument all the time. Well, they're entitled to make money. Sure, sure they are. Sure they are. Nobody on the face of this planet needs the kind of money that these people have. No one. No one. They just got fined. It's not a fine. It's a settlement. Four and a half billion dollars, and they're going to end up richer after they're done paying it. Think about that. Those are the same people who love to yell and scream about how wrong it is to raise taxes on these absurdly wealthy people, and it just blows my fucking mind. And then I have to read about fucking Richard Branson and uh, Elon Musk doing all kinds of weird space shit. Jeff Bezos floating out to the uh, the outer atmosphere of the Earth for literally no fucking reason whatsoever. While his employees shit in buckets and make 15 bucks an hour. Go figure, right? On the flip side of the coin... In California last week, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department seized a fucking, they seized fucking 16 tons, T-O-N-S, tons of weed worth $1.16 billion. That was the street value. Still, I've never been able to figure out how they calculate that. I have a feeling that their prices are a little bit different than actual prices. Maybe they're going by like a, you know, early 2000s uh, market rate. (laughs) I don't really have anything to add there. I just find it so fucking absurd that, you know, you have, you know, they arrested like 200 people and a ton of them are going to go to jail for a very long time. Meanwhile, the fucking Sacklers are just paying money and off they go. Nothing, nothing to see here. You know how many people are going to die from, from that 16 tons of weed? Maybe one. Maybe one. How many people died from, from fucking 
the Sacklers uh, opioids. It's an incalculable number. Incalculable. That's a big fucking word, right? That's a fucking shit ton of grass. 16 tons. But, you know, it's it's because it's the cartels. The cartels. What do you fucking think Purdue Pharma is? A fucking cartel. But, you know, just slap on the wrist because they're white collar. Whites. Even though they're pieces of shit. They deserve to be in jail. But nothing. They'll never go to jail. Ever. Ah, the soothing, gentle sounds of strumming an acoustic guitar. Really has nothing to do with this ad at all, but I just want to let you know I have some merchandise at the merch store. Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. You see, I've made that web address a tad easier. It's still too long, but I don't have any other way to change it, so please indulge me, if you will. I have a few shirts up for sale, including the brand new tagline, The Village Idiot Has Spoken. That's about it, really. But listen, do yourself a favor. Go to the store, buy a t-shirt, show the world that you don't give a solitary shit about what you listen to on a regular basis. That's bonfire.com slash store slash complaints and get your Complaints and Observations merch today. I hope you enjoyed that god-awful fucking merch store ad. It's terrible. (laughs) It's really bad. You know, the worst part is I've sold two shirts. Not that it matters, because again, uh, I'm not making any money off of any of this. Um, I just find it amusing. I think it would be funny if people bought shirts. So if you're listening and you haven't bought a shirt, you should. Why the fuck not? Like 25 bucks or whatever? I don't know. You really don't have to. It's fine. Um, One of the things I would appreciate, though, is a little bit more listener involvement. And I was very happy with the results of an Instagram poll that I did. Not not a poll, but a a question. Uh, Because last week I talked about um, school cafeteria food. So I put out a question like, hey, what was your favorite school cafeteria meal? And I got a variety of responses. Um, I did get a text from, from my buddy Scott, one of my uh, four faithful listeners, who basically said, uh, chicken nuggets, potatoes with gravy. Solid. Not I wasn't the biggest potato guy. I did not like the dry-ass powdered potatoes. The chicken nuggets, terrific. Big fan. But it seems as if the the chicken in any form was the big winner. Um, I got uh, the breaded chicken patty sandwich. 
I got I got two of those. Two chicken patties. So I mean really chicken patty was the winner with two. <laughs> chicken nuggets was another <clears throat> um the square pizza. My friend Sarah said square pizza. She also said square pizza. There is no other correct response. I mean, I'd, I'd argue that square pizza is a top three, maybe top four. Not number one. At least not in my book. Because it was constant. Like, you had it all the time. So when something was available that wasn't usually available, you know, that, that lent itself to being liked a bit more. At least that's what I think. Uh, Sloppy Joe's was one. Um, my friend Corey from the uh, There You Go podcast, quote, those burgers floating around in the bucket of mystery liquid before being put on the griddle, end quote. I wonder if Corey worked in a fucking cafeteria. Because I'm not sure what in God's name he's talking about. <laughs> um, my pal Nick, who was on the show. Uh, the kid who um, shit on an old lady. Uh, no surprise, his response was Peggy Lawton fudge brownies. Apparently that was what he... <laughs> I could see Nick eating Peggy Lawton brownies daily. And I would have no problem with that. Because those things were bomb. Anything that Miss Peggy Lawton ever produced is fantastic. Big fan. Uh, we got Sloppy Joe's was one. Uh, my wife... Bless her heart. Sausages. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Sausages? The fuck are they feeding kids in Quincy, for Christ's sake? Sausages? I don't think I ever had a sausage in school that wasn't accompanied by a waffle. Because waffles and sausages, the breakfast for lunch deal, that was a real thing. And it was good. I also got a um, friend of the show, Evan Glasser. His response was ratatouille. Like, <laughs> ratatouille. That's what happens when you're uh, European educated. Ratatouille. I don't know if he's kidding or if he's serious. That's the problem. He very well could be serious. <clears throat> um, but I'm going to pose another question this week. And... It's because somebody on Twitter um, likes to do. Oof! Wow! If you heard that, that was my stomach. Good lord! Wow! A lot of air in there. It's awful. Um, <clears throat> likes to do these reviews, not reviews, but recaps, almost like instant replay sort of recaps of, of movies and scenes of movies. And it was like one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen. But he did two on one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, Airborne. Airborne. If you're not familiar with Airborne, I strongly suggest that you go Seek it out, watch it, and be amazed at how terrible it is. But 
in a fucking phenomenal way. Airborne is a story of a kid who moves from California to live with his uh, cousin, his aunt and uncle, under auspicious circumstances um, to Cincinnati, the greater Cincinnati area. Uh, And he has beautiful fucking mid-90s hair and, uh, you know, has trouble making friends until he straps on his inline skates, his rollerblades, and then, whoo, gets involved in all kinds of shenanigans, like with, with the, against the jocks and the preps. I wish I could remember, like, the name of his fucking group. Oh, my brother would kill me if I was talking about this and forgetting portions of the film because uh, he enjoys this movie just as much as I do. But honestly, so the question on Instagram this week, and I'm going to put it up multiple times because I'm so curious to, to know what this is. What is your favorite bad movie of all time? The problem is it's entirely subjective, okay? So some people are going to say something that, and I'm going to look at it and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's bad. I know that's going to happen. I hope I get you know some responses to this because quite frankly, it's off the chart. It could be, if, if I get two of the same answers, I'll be shocked. Absolutely shocked. Then again, if I get just two answers, I'll still be shocked. <laughs> it just makes me wonder, right? So, I, and I mentioned this before. I don't really watch television. Like television, I watch a handful of things. I don't really watch movies. But when I was younger, you know, watched a ton of movies because why the fuck not? You didn't have as many options back in the day that you do now. So you really got sucked into those bad movies that were on cable all the time. Airborne is one of them. And in my opinion, the best one. I may watch that tonight. My wife is away. I may watch that tonight. So I need to know, what is your favorite bad movie of all time? Feel free to call the show, leave a voicemail, 617-65-RIP-EM, 617-657-4736. Love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's riff on shitty movies, right? I mean, that's a given. Why the fuck not? Honestly, though, if you haven't seen Airborne, find it and watch it. I tried to see... Uh, who is streaming Airborne at the moment? Oh, it's such a stupid fucking premise. First of all, the lead character is Mitchell Goosen. That's his name. His zoologist parents are given a grant to work in Australia, but Mitch can't go with him, so he has to go to fucking Cincinnati. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. That's so awful. Oh, that is so great. Honestly, it's just so fucking stupid. The best part of it is, right? This is this is what makes a good bad movie, okay? 
on IMDb, the critics review score is 15. The user review score is 73. Boom. That's exactly what we're looking for. Exactly what we're looking for. 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is fucking... It's the best. 21% uh, critic score. Oh, there's so many fucking... Oh. 59% audience score. You know what's another good one? That I loved as a kid, the Heavenly Kid. Oh man, is that good? The Heavenly Kid. Oh, that is so great. What year was that? 1985. Oh, what a fucking great movie. The Heavenly Kid. Oh my God. All right, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> this is not where I wanted this to go. <laughs> Oh, the Heavenly Kid. What a stupid movie. It was so bad. It was great. Anyways. All right. Enough. <clears throat> Bum. Done. Uh, two more things before I get to the, uh, you know, the, the big finale of the program. Three Gripes, which everyone loves. It's everyone's favorite segment. Haven't had movie reviews in a while, so... Um, three Gripes for now is everyone's favorite segment. So, the other day... Um, well-paid ESPN loudmouth Stephen A. Smith was talking about Shohei Otani, who is um, one of the few reasons to watch baseball right now. Basically said that the face of baseball can't be uh, Shohei Otani because he needs an interpreter. Can't speak uh, fluent English, which, you know, all right. So, you know, of course, everyone's in an uproar, not just the people in social media, but his co-workers, a lot of his co-workers were basically saying, you know, how fucking stupid it was to say that. Then he went and he apologized three times, three times, which made me wonder, like, how many, how many times do you need to apologize when you do something wrong? And twice, I would say, where the first one, you apologize and then realize that maybe it wasn't, it was, it wasn't enough or you didn't say something that you wanted to say. So you apologize again, whatever. The problem that I have here, okay, is one, he's wrong. I mean, that's a given, okay? We don't need to debate that. You know, I don't. I don't particularly give a shit about what Shohei Otani has to say versus what he does on the field. I'm more interested in what he does on the field. I, and my guess is that most people who follow baseball would feel the same way. Ichiro was phenomenal to watch. Fun fucking baseball player. Turns out the guy was an absolute riot and spoke perfect English. It's just that he wanted to make, he had an interpreter because he wanted to make sure he didn't fuck it up, which is fine. I don't see the problem in that. And I have a feeling it's the same way with Shohei. My guess is that he speaks a little bit of English. He probably doesn't. It's not perfect. Probably not perfect. Neither does Stephen A. Smith, if we're being honest. But here's the thing, okay? Stephen A. is not stupid. He's not a stupid man by any stretch of the imagination. He knows what works, and he knows what plays. 
The problem is that ESPN pays him roughly $10 million a year to be Stephen A. Smith. It's not, it's not that they pay him because he's um, unbelievably smart when it comes to breaking down basketball, baseball, football games. That's not what he's paid for. He's paid to be loud. He's paid to be brash. He's paid to say stuff. He's paid to say shit, in essence, okay? So for, like, ESPN's colleagues to not get this, and they probably do, but at the same time, they want to save face, which I don't understand. People that don't cover baseball getting upset about it, like, yeah, all right, whatever. You can get upset about it because what he said was fucking stupid. Like, I don't think he was being... Like racist, if you will. I don't. I don't really think that was its, his intention. I think his intention was to say something brash and stupid, and that's exactly what he did. And he had to apologize for it. Now, fact of the matter is, ESPN still pays this guy ten million dollars a year to be that guy. That's what he's paid for. So, when when other it makes me wonder if some other ESPN people are going to talk shit about him in hopes that he gets fired and there's more money to fucking spread around. I don't think that's the case, but you know, one can never tell. Who knows? But it's just it, it's one it's another one of these things. ESPN is constantly caught in the middle of these weird fucking things where they try to straddle the fence all the time. Um, you know, and in my opinion, I think they're doing a pretty good job. But in other people's opinions, it's, you know, oh, woke ESPN. Like, okay, explain to me what woke means again, please. But that's neither here nor there. In this particular instance, he was paid to say shit. He said shit. And then it was like, oops, I shouldn't have said that. His Asian colleagues have, you know, have every right to be upset about it. That part I get. You know, Jeff Passan, the fuck's Jeff Passan? I mean, he covers baseball, but the fuck's he going to say? Oh, he shouldn't have said that. Yeah, of course he shouldn't have said that. We all know that. But I don't want to, I don't want fucking, I don't want Jeff Passan reading Stephen A. Smith, The Riot Act. It's just, it's very disingenuous. Again, nothing that anybody said about it is wrong. I really don't think so. I, you know, what Stephen A. said was wrong. Flip side, he's paid to say shit that's sometimes wrong. It is what it is. It sucks. I, mean, I don't find Stephen A. Smith that entertaining. He's occasionally funny. When he's making fun of the Cowboys, it's hilarious. And I'm a Cowboys fan. But, you know, that's it. I don't watch your show. I don't listen to his radio show. I don't even know if he writes anymore. Who knows? Um, That's that. Uh, Sad news in the world of wrestling. The other day, um, one one of the greats passed away, as is usually the case when you hear professional wrestling and sad news. Um, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff passed away at the age of 71. 71 years old. 
Uh, apparently the guy was in tough shape. They didn't really say specifically uh, how he passed. But, you know, one one could surmise that, you know, him beating the shit out of his body for a number of years probably led to his his relatively early passing um, in life. <clears throat> the the heel turn on Hogan in the in the mid 80s was epic. Just fucking epic. The guy was very good on the mic. And uh, he was an excellent wrestler. He was very good. So, so that was pretty sad. Somewhat related. The Complaints and Observations podcast Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, tweeted out, quote, Guy was excellent, and his heel turn on Hogan was epic. Rest easy, Mr. Orndorff. What I did is I retweeted, um, you know, a notification that, that he had passed away that was done by the one of the best Twitter feeds at 90s WWE. An absolutely outstanding follow. They have roughly over 444,000 followers, which is a fucking unbelievable number. So I retweeted that with my little note and, uh, a bunch of, of likes and retweets and all that happy stuff. But when you dig into the, the, the tweet analytics, it gives you an idea of how many times your tweet was seen. The number of, uh, number of times people saw this tweet on Twitter. 48,000. Holy fuck. That's a big number. Then it goes deeper, like, you know, how many times people clicked on your on your uh, profile name, the likes, the retweets, how many people, like, uh, times people viewed the details about this tweet. I don't know what that means. <clears throat> but then, of course, Twitter gives you the option to promote your tweet, to pay money for it, which, well, I'm not doing that. But it just kind of gives you, like, a weird look. Like, when you're... When you're retweeted by that account, an account with that much quote-unquote clout, the number of impressions, that's free advertising right there. 48,000. It's a big fucking number. Crazy. Um, so yeah, Mr. Wonderful. Rest in peace, man. Good stuff. But speaking of Twitter, a bunch of tweet beefs this week. A lot of tweet beefs. And I talked about it on the Not an Episode episode the other day. Like The number of people who just get irrationally angry on Twitter about dumb shit blows my mind. Honestly. It, it really is astounding. Like People just mad over no, no fucking reason at all. But what can you do, you know? It is what it is. Um, on the flip side of that, though, the, the Twitter page is now followed by tennis legend Tim Mayotte. 
Big fan. If you remember a friend of the show, uh, Lindsay, uh, Brittany, I call her Lindsay, fuck. Brittany Collins, former UMass tennis player. Uh, that's her coach, Tim Mayotte. I am still convinced that Tim Mayotte was featured in one of the old Top Spin video games back in the day, but I can't fucking find it. Drives me nuts. So, uh, Mr. Mayotte, if you're listening to the show, which I know you're not, um, you know, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, so as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. I actually tried to make um, an intro to three gripes with the new microphone that I got. There's a massive latency problem, and I'm lagging uh, terribly when I record to Audacity. A lot of audio bullshit that you may not even know or care about, but I can't fix it. It's awful. I'm so fucking tired of this stupid bullshit. All I want to do is talk into a microphone that works. I bought a new fucking laptop to to avoid all these problems, and I've I've had more problems. Makes no fucking sense. All right. Anyways. <clears throat> Gripe number one, grocery store hardos. It's a very long, potentially long list of things, okay? Um, you know, there's always the... There's always the weird guy who's probably in like his late 50s, early 60s, who's in good shape and feels the need to, to wear t-shirts that are way too small, tucked into his... Uh, his workout pants. <laughs> it's a very specific gripe, right? <laughs> Only because I saw a dude. Yeah. Ah, God. The number of people that decide to go to the grocery store that probably should not be in public at all is a very long list. And in, in these fucking people who get mad at like a grocery store employee when they can't find something. Um, or like the guy that I saw the other day who was walking around Stop and Shop with a fucking iguana on his back. Dead serious. His pet iguana was on his his upper back slash shoulder. And the thought is like, what, for, what, why, for what? What? The iguana does not want to be at Stop and Shop. In fact, most of the people at Stop and Shop do not want to be at Stop and Shop. What makes you think an iguana would want to be at Stop and Shop? The only reason that he's there is so that people look at you and your iguana and say to themselves, why the fuck does that guy have an iguana at Stop and Shop? That's it. And look, I was one of them because when I saw it, I was stunned. Because there's literally no other reaction that you could possibly have. Like, this guy was so desperate for attention that he put his poor fucking pet iguana 
not only out of his cage or in his in his car and then traveled to Stop and Shop, took him out of the car, put him on his shoulder, and the poor thing was probably scared to fucking death. I mean, an iguana, it's a cold-blooded animal with a tiny brain. It has no fucking clue what's going on. Yet, here's fucking Hardo Hardison walking around with his fucking iguana on his goddamn shoulder. I didn't understand it. And there are too many fucking Hardos at the grocery store. That's it. That's all there is. Quite frankly, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And that that really fucking frosted my balls. Because, I mean, what's the point? Leave the Leave the poor fucking thing alone. It's bad enough that you have an iguana. I shouldn't say that. I mean, they need uh, heat. Like, when you own an iguana, you have to have a heat lamp. So you're going to bring them into a fucking air-conditioned environment in the middle of Stop and Shop. Just so uh, you can try to impress people with your iguana. (laughs) Oh, what a fucking asshole. Honestly, iguana guy. Grocery store iguana guy. Get out of here. Ugh. Um, gripe number two. Similar vein. Shark Week. I've talked about Shark Week before. Guess what? I don't give a single solitary fuck about Shark Week. And you know what pisses me off? As I'm watching the fucking Food Network or HGTV, I'm inundated right now with Shark Week commercials. Sure, watching HGTV is probably not... Uh, you know, the coolest, most masculine thing to do, but I don't really give a fuck. I enjoy House Hunters International. Sue me. I enjoy anything that Guy Fieri puts out. Sue me. Sue me for what? <laughs> Rocky Five Balboa, the worst Balboa of the bunch. <clears throat> I just don't understand the appeal of Shark Week. Sharks aren't going to bother you if you don't bother them. Yet, we're going to fucking just show a bunch of bullshit about sharks and people are going to tune in. Like, now that they're, they're doing uh, Jackass Shark Week. And I'm guessing, if not if not yet, it's coming that one of these idiots is going to get bit by a shark because that's exactly what they want to happen. So that Discovery Plus can have huge ratings of Steve-O getting bit by a fucking great white shark. Anything for numbers, right? Fucking Shark Week. I don't care. <laughs> Just don't like Shark Week. Grape number three. <clears throat> this has been a long-standing grape, Facebook, but not so much Facebook in, in, in general, but the specific Facebook marketplace. So... <clears throat> The first part of the gripe is that I had, I bought a golf bag. Uh, I bought a, uh, a cart bag, used it a couple times, and found that I did not care for it. So I decided I was going to try to sell it. Now, this was back in end of May. The num- So I, I, you know, I, I paid 170 bucks for it, used it twice. So I'm like, all right, I'll sell it for 140 the number of people that that reach out to you and say, I'll give you 80 bucks. Like, what? No. 
That's not what the fucking price says. What does the price say, sir? It says 140. Why would you offer me $80? Like if you offered me say 125, which is what I ended up selling it for. Okay, we can we can have a conversation. But the number of people that try to insult your intelligence by offering you half of what you have it listed for is gross. If I had that bag at a yard sale, no one's going to come up to me and, and offer me $80 for it. It's not going to happen. The shroud of social media uh, allows people to, to do dumb shit. Like, insult people with offers. I've been looking at uh, pickup trucks on there. If you're selling a vehicle, wouldn't you want to offer some sort of detail as to the sort of vehicle that you're selling? I mean, why not just put in the ad, yeah, this is a fucking scam, when your pickup truck is, uh, there's one picture, and it's like a screenshot from your phone, not even like a picture from your phone, but like a screenshot of your phone. And then the description is runs great. And it's a, a pickup truck with, you know, a, a 2005 uh, Ford Ranger with 80,000 miles on it. And you want 1500 bucks. Okay. Why don't you just fucking say, hey, we want people to come here so we can rob you of your $1,500. But the kicker is, okay. And I'm surprised that this has not been mentioned before. Not so much here. I mean, it'll be mentioned here just because this is where dumb shit typically gets mentioned. But there's a guy. Oh, man. There's a guy on Facebook Marketplace, okay? I don't know where this guy is. I don't know who he is. He's just trying to make a few bucks, but... Older gentleman. Who, for $12 will send you a, quote, mystery box, end quote. Now, it's a mystery. You don't know what's coming. So he asks, is it for a man or a woman or a boy or a girl? For 12 bucks, you're getting the gender-specific mystery box. The best part of the mystery box, though, is the picture included with the ad, which I have posted on all of my various social media channels. And it is a fucking gem. Like, who would not give that dude 12 bucks for whatever the fuck is in the box? It's, it's, a, it's dark, it's grainy, <laughs> he writes mystery box on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> it's honestly, it is ridiculous. And uh, I keep seeing it on, on Facebook Marketplace. And I laugh my ass off every single time. Because I, I want to know how many people have purchased the mystery box. I'm, and look, I've been tempted. If only for show content. 
but you know, my luck is I'll, I'll spend the 12 bucks and a bucket of anthrax will show up. Not the good anthrax, but the bad anthrax, the one that'll kill you. Or like a fucking dead bird or something. <laughs> oh, 12 bucks for a mystery box. What balls? Honestly, what fucking balls you have to be? Because he probably, you know, if somebody buys it, he probably just walks around his house and puts something in a box and sends it away. Oh, I should try to get that guy on the show. The mystery box guy. Maybe I'll reach out to him. It'd be a good interview, huh? Mystery box guy. All right, that's it. That's it for the show today. Um, as always, very appreciative of you listening. I find that I have uh, listeners that uh, I did not expect I would have, so it's terrific. Please continue. Tell your friends. If you if you listen to the program, tell someone to listen to the program. This one wasn't too bad, was it? I was actually awake, sufficiently caffeinated, um, you know, had a, had a moderately productive day at work today, so, you know, feeling all right. It was good. It was a it was a decent show. Um, I ask that you go to my uh, Twitter page at Complaints Pod. Follow along. Those tweets are dynamite. At Complaints Pod on Instagram. That's where you'll find this week's question of the week. Check it out. It'll be in, posted in the stories probably tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon. Um, you can call in, call in, leave a voicemail, your favorite bad movie of all time. It would be great if somebody said the heavenly kid. (laughs) Oh, it's so awful. And I love it so much. Um, I do have a Facebook page, but I, but fuck Facebook. You know what the funny part is too, is I was looking at when I was done looking at the analytics for that tweet I was talking about earlier, I went to Facebook and I was looking at um, the analytics for for Twitter, like how many people uh, like the page and then how many people see a post. It's fucking disgusting. Like they don't even, they don't even hide the fact that they fucking suck. So, you know, you, I've got like 180 followers or some whatever number uh, of the show page on Facebook. And then it says the number of people that have seen uh, your posts and it's 19, 20, 14. It's like, how the fuck is that possible? Fucking Zuckerberg. Fuck you, man. Honestly, fuck you. I mean, Instagram is, is okay. Their, their fucking algorithm is shit too, but don't, don't get the fuck off of Facebook. The only reason I'm on Facebook is because of Instagram. Like you almost have to have a Facebook page in order to have an actual Instagram quote business page. Actually, I think you do. So it's really the only reason that I'm on there and for Facebook marketplace. (laughs) I did sell the bag 125 bucks. Took a fucking bath on that. It was a good bag. Just didn't, you know, just wasn't exactly what I wanted. I think I need the next step up. From what I bought, I don't know. I'm just I'm rambling at this point, but 
617-65 Ripem, 617-657-4736. Call in, leave a voicemail. I want to hear from you. Tell me I suck, okay? Tell me the show sucks. Tell me you like the show. Tell me what you're complaining about. It's the whole fucking gist and point of the program. Tell me what your favorite bad movie is. Give me some content, right? Yeah, it'd be good. Content's good. Go to my merch store, buy a t-shirt, and, and, and tell your friends that you listen to my program for some ungodly fucking reason. Uh, yeah, that, that Celsius uh, energy drink is really kicking in now. Those things are good, but man, they fucking... Whew, they're few, you know, rocket fuel on occasion. Um, but yeah, that is all. Thank you so much. Uh, as I said, tell your friends, tell your moms, uh, I love you guys. That's, that's not true. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, that's all. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.